Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Welcome to Soho Radio, Rennie Coach Kirchman. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And I wanted to I wanted to start at the at the beginning and talk about your sort of your your personal journey into music because I believe you. I mean, you grew up in in New York City, and I, I think you said that you were kind of immersed with music from a very young age. Um, yeah, I, my parents are not professional musicians, but I, they both play, and in particular, my dad is very talented just playing by ear and improvising. And so there were a lot of different kinds of, I think it was like a, and even expanding outward, you know, it was a, the familial environment was rich with music and appreciation and different people, different styles, you know? So I, I feel like that attitude of there's a lot available. There's a lot of different ways in was um, kind of there for me from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started, um, my my main acts, I guess you'd say, is violin, and I started playing when I was four. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I that was by request. I insisted. <laughs> <laughs> I'd point when we watched orchestra um, broadcasts on TV and say that's that's what I I want to be doing. So um, so that kind of classical training. I mean. I think still string bowed string education is very heavily um, classical uh, a lot of the time. And so that, that was a big through line for me, mm. the kind of conservatory type training. Um, but I, uh, and I think that there have been some, I would say expansions or improvements to string education, but I, I, at the time that I was coming up and I think still, you know, there, I did not um, see a lot of uh, reflection of like, you know, you can just make stuff up or you you can, you know, kind of the, I think what comes naturally to me is this idea of playing an instrument is like speaking mm-hmm. really music. I mean, we talk about music as a language, but um, I think in certain styles, that's more lived as a truth you know mm. there's a ton of stuff that i gained from my classical education but fundamentally i think that piece for me that i was always completing elsewhere is the you know having your own voice <laughs> um uh so i i followed through with my classical um playing you know through professional levels because of the technical grounding there's certain things I just I wanted to be able to speak very articulately mm. um, but at the same time I kind of I think knew from a, a young age that I I 
didn't just want to be an interpreter of other people's texts. So, you know, I think as I, when I was a kid, I would just, it was more like an informal environment or with family where I just like make stuff up or, um, you know, write songs on the side. And um, definitely for me, never felt like, you know, some sort of uh, high, low, highbrow, lowbrow distinction. Um, so I've always been kind of rock, pop, you know, uh, jazz, like you name it. To me, musical theater, it's all, um, I think a, there's a great universe out there. Um, and, uh, but I, I will say that really it was only when I, um, left college, I think that I started to see a, more of a reflection of my kind of attitude of what it means to, you know, be a musician and, mm -hmm. um, you know, playing, playing in a lot of different kinds of bands. And, um, when I came out to California and, uh, did my graduate, I did my graduate work at CalArts. Um, and my, my main focus there was, uh, computer music, algorithmic composition, kind of systems oriented composition. But I also really, you know, I landed there very intentionally because at the time it was uh, such a rich environment for not just computer music, but also had an amazing improvisation, creative improvisation department. I got to work a lot with Ladada Leo Smith. Um, uh, and uh, I also, you know, there were musicians from all over the world. So it didn't feel like, a, you know, like a Western centric mm. point. Um, you know, being able to study tabla and study Brazilian music and, you know, really, you name it, it was represented with like high level faculty. So um, that was reflective of kind of my experience of music. And um, so I think that that was, you know, the more I kind of have uh, kind of traveled, the more I've been able to um, meet kindred spirits and see, um, and feel that community, I guess. The mm. one thing I would say about like being a of that kind of mindset in the classical conservatory world was like feeling a little bit out of joint sometimes. Like even in terms of, you know, like obviously uh, use conventional notation all, uh, all the time, um, mm. but there were aspects of um, notation that I felt were lacking or like there's more that can be done and also elements of the kind of band leader or uh, oral communication, which is like, you know, a huge vehicle of um, musical information that I felt was kind of not adequately respected, I guess, in the, mm. um, the classical establishment. Um, so I think, you know, I, what I'm, um, what I like seeing is that I feel like in today's world you see more of an acknowledgement of different modes of packaging information and communicating it and um and i think there's at least some people in the kind of new music space who classically speaking who are interested in those things so you know when i work on concert pieces um i recently uh completed a a string quartet commission and um i like to use those uh concert music projects as opportunities to kind of expand 
some notational options. So the first movement mm -hmm. of that, for example, um, uh, it's it's through written, but it also has uh, various choice points for the players. And um, uh, it's always coming from a place of wanting to create a certain sound. And what do we need? How do we need to express what we're putting on the page to get there? And what are we mm -hmm. asking of the players? Um, anyway, it's a long conversation to have, and we've we've gone far <laughs> far away from the childhood years. But I guess I'm a little nonlinear sometimes. <laughs> it comes with the training, I guess. You know, I think. Um, but it's interesting because you know, I guess that you know the classical world, a lot of it, uh, or historically and traditional classical music, it, it a lot of it is all. It's there are a lot of rules, and it's very, it's kind of very straight, and it, I guess it's very it's very important to learn about the other music in the world because the time signatures can come and go and you know it's there there can still be rules they just don't fit the boxes that 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 people wanted to teach before you know well and there's there's different totally different kinds of ways of conceptualizing what needs to be um composed or written down and what doesn't mm. um so yeah i mean i think Ideally, you know, I th you know, the, there's a, a paint box full of, of different um, options and brush sizes. And um, so I think uh, I've, I've always enjoyed kind of, um, and I think ultimately, you know, as a, a creative composer, you, um, it's up to you to synthesize your notational systems and language according also to the container that you're pouring into. So I'm, it's actually kind of a very shape-shifting experience, I think, to be mm -hmm. um, a composer and particularly a composer for narrative media. Um, but I, I really enjoy that because I feel like there's no stasis um, and I'm always seeking to learn, learn more. So, mm. um and with the course you were doing, I guess I guess a lot of those courses around that time were were fairly new or kind of un unexpected. Oh, in graduate school. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I guess it depends where you look. Like in terms of the the computer music and systems oriented composition, like uh, uh, the many of the professors I was working with were kind of coming from, uh, kind of like branching out from. Uh, John Cage, David Tudor, Pauline Oliveros, and, um, you know, and also a lot from the world of programming. Um, yeah. And so I think that there was kind of an, there's like a um, experimental music, new music um, thread that started, um, you know, a couple generations ago that they were it completely morphs as the generations continue but i think like uh in that sense not not new but maybe new to like established super establishment -y kind of places mm. um and you know i think that's it's one of those things that hopefully more schools continue to catch up with because i feel like any you can take anything and turn it into you know there's always like 
a song well what if it was the sad version you know there's yeah. always a, <laughs> you can do any number of a, arranging is everything i mm. think orchestrating is everything it's like you make something into you reharmonize something in it it's a completely different mood and i i love that because i feel like a signature of a film can be like a motif or a theme um ultimately is more than a mood it's like it's kind of an identity that can play mm. out in different ways whether it be um horrifying or like really meditative like there's versions of the identity that have can be very uh varied in terms of how they make us feel but it's you know that they're related and i think as a story mechanism that's so powerful mm. um and it gives us a more complex experience of the story because we realize um kind of the world we're in contains a lot of different emotions in it and a little a lot of different plot lines in it um so so yeah and i i loved having the opportunity to um work with the vocabulary of hindustani music especially in the beginning mm. um it's the music that i love very much and um so you know having the main titles be kind of i would say really of uh centered around um hindustani music was was really uh fun and and also uh obviously very appropriate and expressive of the story i mean i i love that the also we you know the, it's a mother-daughter story and uh so it's interesting to be able to relate to that um and the the mother's kind of relationship to her uh, country of origin and culture and dislocation and the daughter's space those are articulated and we worked with that in terms of what the what the mom's music is and what the daughter's music is and as they kind of as you see how they're interconnected they kind of grow together um, into you know this disturbing hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Did no. you like had you had you delved into any of the sort of the touchstones of horror music composition, you know, the John Carpenters and and people like that? Or were you kind of steering clear of I mean John Carpenter, I think, is like very synthy specific. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we were going for that. Mm. Um very broadly speaking, I think that the directors um and you know everybody who had uh, you know the producers everybody who had a voice in the production wanted the the confrontation scenes to really feel intense and impactful and kind of a contemporary horror um and so uh i don't know that it would be like a specific composer reference there weren't really they i didn't really feel like it, that came up so much um it's more about the the kind of sounds and um you know like i created all of these from scratch but like really complex risers you know that build and build and build and then like explode you know mm. um uh, so the yeah the, i think the vocab of contemporary horror was definitely um where we wanted to land for the 
culminating scenes. Mm. But all the while, you know, maintaining, like we were talking about those identities of what instruments are in that mix that are creating that. Um, mm. uh, yeah. And I think that there, uh, even because it's all wrapped up in the, you know, the, the, the quote unquote villain or the bad guy <laughs> um, <laughs> is also wrapped up in the story from, you know, India from the beginning of the mom's experience. So mm -hmm. it it's all kind of coming from a certain place and it's turned into something different that than something different from what they were expecting but um you know we wanted it to feel like it uh those horror moments had emerged from that commonly experienced world mm. yeah no fantastic but that's for sure a place where you know the <laughs> once it blows up it was definitely about um you know extreme and you want to feel like you're in a genre it's not about that was not about modifying the genre mm. it's actually, it was more much more about like uh, creating transitions from what we feel like are comfortable spaces it's almost like the juxtaposition or the growth of one genre out of another that hopefully was something interesting and maybe thought-provoking for people watching mm. it's less about blurring genre and more about moving from one to another and showing how they might be connected mm -hmm. that makes sense you know it, it's about you know it utilize, utilizing a, a a space i guess so the audience knows okay I'm, I'm here you know it's a reference thing i guess how did we get here oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know we were gonna come here <laughs> um and i wanted to ask about um you've got a film coming up very soon um manscaping which is a documentary yeah and, and um and you've worked you've worked with the directors a couple of times before on other projects um and, and how how the process of working on documentaries is for you in terms of portraying not only i guess is it the director's vision as well but it's also a, a sense of the truth that 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 uh is being portrayed at that point um, a, a truth right we all know yeah yeah <laughs> subjective as well um, well, yeah, I, the collaboration with Broderick Fox that I have has been really fruitful and interesting. Um, I think that, uh, the way he constructs his documentaries is very much from a story oriented place. Mm -hmm. Um, so that helps, you know, I feel like there's room I've working with him i've never been asked to kind of fill space or create you know create something like a feel oh we just need to get from point a to point b um which on a couple of other occasions um in documentary situations i ha i have been asked to do like a little bit like more objectively kind of like the music needs to give us more energy here or what you know mm -hmm. what have you or just keep us moving, you know, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I, you know, I can do that, but I, I, I find it, um, you know, really in his films, it is, he's telling a story. And so um, it's a similar approach where I'm finding 
themes for characters um uh and the the right tone colors and also letting them evolve as the characters do um creating you know depending on the film um kind of genre references or or kind of hanging out in a certain space and then and changing that when it feels appropriate the way that works in documentary i think is interesting because there's a little bit more of a meta level to how you are taking in information in the first place so working right. with those musical shifts is kind of fun because i feel like uh even if you're really really into the story with documentary there's also a cerebral level of analysis right. that's always happening as an audience member and so um i think somehow those musical choices register a little more in that space too um yeah. and um yeah i mean i think the in in manscaping we had um fun brody always says like he's making a big little films so the subjects are there's a lot of like kind of close intimate like access actually to people's lives and um very detailed look at people and but the and they're often portraits so far his uh the three films that we've worked on together you, you know he's constructing really detailed close-up portraits of people mm. who are working in a certain space or have certain issues that resonate with like much larger i would say social change or world events um but the movies themselves aren't you know taking on the description of that humongous yeah <laughs> you know like everything's happening in the world right now um and so I would say in terms of uh, the aesthetic, it's it's free to kind of be really specific and not have to have a million talking heads talking in a more objective uh, cast about issues or messages. Mm -hmm. um, and But what's I think it's really uh, very palpable how the individual portraits resonate with larger societal issues. They're always kind of linked to certain things that and those connections are made and then the audience can kind of uh, go further with it. Um, so, so the big part, I'm, you know, when we first started working together is I, he, you know, he, I think it was a process of discovering that the music can actually, um, sometimes you can have an orchestra, even though it's a story about one person, you know, it's really about, um, kind of connecting back to what we were talking about, what's cinematic. It's like the inner world um, or the the world of an individual journey can actually be very expansive. Um, uh, it doesn't have to be, but it can be. And so having a wide, generally like the scores that we do together have a pretty wide dynamic and emotional range, um, which is always exciting. Um, and in the case of manscaping, it's uh, the, the score palette is a fun it's a fun hybrid it's basically a feel-good movie so we wanted to have kind of a a dance music electronic dance music um backbone to it and also um the kind of delicate the delicate language of we made it a string quintet um <laughs> it's kind of definitely centered in queer culture and so mm. we like the idea that it would be a 
a quintet rather than a quartet. That's <laughs> the heart of it. <laughs> Just a little something different. Um, and uh, and it's also great to, you know, have the, it, it changes kind of like what kinds of voicings I could do and everything. Um, but yeah, that combination ended up being uh, really fun. Each of the the three characters um, uh, that, that we follow have their own vocabulary and you know i don't think that this is always the way it needs to be but in this case for sure the message of the narrative is they're basically exploring masculinity um constructs of masculinity through the intersection of um barbershop spaces and grooming mm. and the stories of these three guys one of whom is an african-american artist who's um actually really picking up a lot of buzz recently Devin and um, uh, a trans man who owns a barbershop, um, which is kind of dedicated to creating a safe space um, for gender nonconforming people. And um, and then the naked barber yeah. <laughs> who's made his, his uh, living basically uh, most recently as a, a very niche kind of uh, barber for people. So, um, and you know they have really very different life experiences and perspectives, and they each evolve as we follow them. Um, but I think the the stories really do end up um, the way Brody tells the story that they really weave together. And so musically, we we work toward that so that mm. um, at the end uh, it's a really kind of celebratory feel that also includes all of the um, kind of material we've we've built for each character. So hopefully it does kind of embody the the vibe of inclusivity. And um, he really wanted to make a, a film that was celebratory, uh, obviously acknowledging, you know, difficulties that exist on the margins sometimes, but yeah. fundamentally not be like a bummer kind of, you know, to provide some kind of good energy and a reflection of good energy that is happening. So um, mm. musically is a lot of fun to work on something that wants to be light. You know, I had been in working on a lot of dark stuff recently. So, um, yeah. and it's interesting that audiences, I, I was at the LA premiere and um, people definitely respond um, to it. They get really engaged. So it's still making its rounds in the festival circuit, mm. but I think will be, I think will be probably released later this year and the soundtrack as well when when the movie is released. Fantastic. Yeah, there's a I think there's like a trailer or a short piece about it online at the moment, which is it's well worth checking out for anyone um before it comes out for sure. Um and so where will we hear you next? What's coming up for you? If you're allowed to say, obviously. Well, I'm I think I'm allowed to say <laughs> some things I am, some things I'm not, but um I'm working on an exciting project which likely will, um, I just saw the post schedule and it looks like it's, it's going to be coming out probably in the spring um, next year. Um, but it's a film called Fractal, which is uh, really very exciting, um, combining um, very uh, important kind of social justice uh, oriented narrative with um, I would say a not fantastical, but kind of imagination forward 
uh, approach to the subjectivity that we're creating. So it's kind of um, both very intimate and quite expansive in its um, point of view. And I, I think people are really going to like it. So that right now I've been, the shoot just finished, but it's a case in which I've had the pleasure of starting to create some thematic material in advance of the shoot. And I'll continue yeah. kind of during the cut. So it's going to be much more of an integrated process. And my guess is we'll probably be recording later this year or beginning of next. Um, and, um, and yeah, the, uh, I'm trying to think what else of note, um, just a recently completed a concert music piece, which hopefully I'll make available in various forms soon. And, um, actually doing a little album production, uh, which uh, which uh, for a friend who's an artist, and that's kind of fun to be able to get to do. Um, that should be coming out later this year. Mm. And then, um, yeah, those are the kind of things on the table at the moment. Fantastic. And I wanted to ask: is, is there is there any type of genre of film you haven't worked on yet that you would like to in the future at some point? Like, what would what, be definitely on my my bucket list is. Uh, getting to produce more songs for film um mm. i've done some of it on on uh, indie films and hopefully that will i will get more opportunities to do that and kind of in that vein i would say you know an animated feature where songs and score is what i do would be yeah. definitely up my alley um yeah i think you know when you work a lot in uh kind of dark areas for a while people definitely come to you for that um and uh that it offers up a lot but i find you know i love i love working across genres and drama and comedy and kind of the more opportunities i have to kind of cast a wide net um and you know i always welcome that so um, it's kind of like being a human, right? You don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have different emotions that you want to express. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess an animated movie is, is everything's heightened as well, so you can really you can really go for the the happiness as well because it's not like you say it's not just the score; it's potentially singing about being happy at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much happier than <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> And you have the the cover of doing it for artistic reasons. Yeah, so you're allowed. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on Soho Radio. And I also wanted to point out um, to everyone listening that you've got a you've got a really good Bandcamp page that uh, oh, that has everything there as well. So um, it's it's you know definitely worth going there to go and to go and listen to the music i mean and on that subject is there is there a score of yours that you feel has been um slightly overlooked or not had as much um attention and that you'd like people to to sort of seek out and listen to fun question um i think i mean i do think like the skin i'm in is a, a soundtrack from 2012 from my mm. first collaboration with broderick fox and that I I think there's a lot of cool tracks on that. I'd love people to get to hear. Um, it's kind of a a hybrid of of orchestral and electronica that um, you know 
was the not being done as often at the time, I think, you know, mm. um, but anyway, that's what that, you know, it's hard to pick amongst your babies, but that's yes. one that I think people <laughs> might not necessarily know what it is or what kind of mm. music it is. And I think uh, it might appeal to some listeners. No, fantastic. And you, I mean, you've got a lot of your, your sort of solo material there and, and sort of music outside of film and, and theater yeah. music there, which is, it's great. Yeah, and and more to come. It'll definitely be a good uh, good place to check as I continue to release stuff. Awesome.